Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Um, I want to share with you tonight, or this morning, that of course we are approaching my favorite holiday of the year, and that is Thanksgiving. Uh, last year, about this time, I preached a series of messages called Thanks Living. And uh, I want to kind of revisit that. I'm not, I'm not just re-preaching sermons uh, from that time, but I want to come back to uh, the idea of gratitude, what it means to be a person of, of thankfulness and gratitude, because I think... This is the secret. This is the key to so many people having a, a life that is worth living is the idea of gratitude. So I want you to join me here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. This is a message I've titled, In Everything? Question mark. Because especially this year, <laughs> how many can understand why it might be difficult for us to be grateful, for us to have the spirit of gratitude. It has been one of the worst years, uh, probably the worst year in total of my lifetime. It's probably been the worst year of your lifetime unless you are over the age of 60 years old or, or more. So obviously there were, have been other great tragedies that have occurred uh, in our history, but uh, the year 2020, as it has added up and as it has piled upon us, there have been there's been so much uncertainty, there has been so much uh, difficulty that we've had to endure, and so 2020 has presented us with a challenge. But how many understand behind every challenge there is also an opportunity? And I want to speak to you this morning about gratitude, yes, in everything, in everything, because that's what our scripture commands us to do. And I want you to take seriously this scripture from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and uh, I see Roxy crawling around in the background, that's okay. Verse 16, would you join me there this morning? It says, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing, and in everything, everybody say the word everything, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I'm praying, God, this morning that you would reset the attitude of gratitude in our hearts as we approach this Thanksgiving season. And as we begin to close out 
this year that has been so difficult for so many people. Lord, we've endured sickness. We've endured lockdowns. We've endured quarantines. We've endured uh, uh, financial difficulties. We've endured so many things this year that in our mind, in our heart, God, we don't think that we should be grateful. But God, I'm praying this morning that you would reset our attitude today and cause us once again to turn toward you in total gratitude. And we pray in Jesus' mighty name. God's people said, Amen. Once again, thank you for being with us. So I want to begin with this idea today. And uh, as if you are joining us online, I see that we have several people joining us uh, at this moment on our live stream, Facebook and on YouTube. Uh, do me a favor, uh, if you could, and just reshare this message, because I believe this is something that your friends, family, neighbors, this is something that we need to hear today. The first point I want to share with you is that gratitude is not just a good idea. It's not just a suggestion that God makes. No, it is a commandment. Again, verse 18, in everything, give thanks. In the, uh, in the English Standard Version, it says, give thanks in all circumstances. The New Living Translation says, be thankful in all circumstances. The, the Bible does not stop there. In fact, uh, it also tells us in Ephesians that we should give thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Something very important for you and I to remember is that this is not just a suggestion, but indeed this is a commandment from our God. Now, I know that, you know, just by God commanding it, this is not always the best reason for us to do it, but it should be enough. It should be enough. The Lord, at your commandment, I will obey. Even if I don't feel like I should, even if I feel like I'm not able to, God, you've commanded me to do so, and therefore that is enough for me to be grateful. Uh, but there are many other reasons. So let's talk about gratitude for just a moment. And how is it possible that we could be grateful, that we could express gratitude and thankfulness in all things and for all things? What this is describing to us today is not just, uh, it's not just a fleeting momentary feeling or emotion. Because if our gratitude is based solely on emotions, then it's going to be very, very temporary. In other words, you'll be thankful when you get a little goodie or a little blessing from God, but you won't be ever grateful. And what that produces, beloved, is spoil spoiled brats. God is not in the business of making Christian brats. No, he is a good father, and he is a God who does allow us to go through things. But even when we go through those things, he has commanded, he has ordained, he has uh, instructed us that we can and should be grateful in them. 
What this is describing, beloved, is a position of life. It is a way of life. And that's why I love the title of this series, not just Thanksgiving, but Thanks Living. This is, and it should be, the natural response of revelation and salvation. First Chronicles 16, verse 34, which says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. See, that should be enough for us to have a smile on our face for the rest of our lives, right? He is good. God doesn't have to be good. He is just. He is righteous. He is holy. And if he gave us what we deserved, it would be death and hell and condemnation for the rest of our lives and for the rest of eternity. But aren't you grateful that God is good? That even though we deserve his wrath, no, he shows us his love and he proves to us his love at the cross of Calvary. Psalm 92 verse 1, it is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to the Most High. It is good to proclaim your unfailing love in the morning, your faithfulness in the evening, accompanied by the ten-stringed harp and the melody of the lyre. You thrill me, Lord, with all you've done for me. I sing for joy because of what you have done. O Lord, what great works you do. And how deep are your thoughts? See, David figured this out, didn't he? David was not a man who had a perfect life. Far from it. He had enemies attacking him from every side. He had difficulty and pain. He had setbacks and failures. He had intense rebellion at points against God in his own life. And yet, through all of that, he had a position and a lifestyle of gratitude. And so in this moment, we are experiencing a political turmoil where there now it seems uh, that the election has been pretty much decided. Uh, I, I don't think it's final yet, but it, um, if things continue in the trend that they've been going, then it appears we're going to have a new party uh, leading the White House and uh, leading the executive branch of our government. And that causes a lot of heartburn. That causes a lot of difficulty. And and if you're not careful, if all you pay attention to is the news, if all you listen to is talk radio or Fox News or MSNBC, if you've had that on for hours and hours and days and days over the last week, I'm telling you what it produces is a spirit of uh, ingratitude. It can cause us to always be looking for the next high in life. And what David says here, he says, I'm not going to put my attention on the things that are of the earth. I'm going to lift up my eyes. I'm going to remember, God, your goodness toward me. I'm going to remember that I don't deserve your love. I don't deserve your kindness, but you've given it to me and you thrill me with all you've done for me. So I don't know about you, but that's very encouraging to me that no matter who's in the White House, I know who's in my house. I know that my God is on the throne. I know that what he has done for me cannot be replicated by any political party, by any president or any Congress. I'm telling you, 
I sing for joy because of what the Lord has done. And we Christians, no matter what political persuasion you might be of this morning, we can unite together in Christ because of what the Lord has done for us. And that ought to be a good reason for us to say yes and amen. Psalm 95, verse 2. Let us come to him with thanksgiving. Let us sing psalms of praise to him. Psalm 100, shout with joy to the Lord. All the earth, worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him, singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, Praise his name, for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever, and his faithfulness continues to each generation. I'm telling you, uh, if if that doesn't get you excited, uh, then you might not be saved. You better check your heart this morning, because uh, the, the very fact that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, if you are right with God, and if you're not, you'll have a chance to be right with God before this is over today. But if your name is written in his book, that ought to cause you to to close your eyes and lift your hands and rejoice with thanksgiving. God, I was a sinner, but you've set me free. Psalm 105, verse 1, give thanks to the Lord. Proclaim his greatness. Let the whole world know what he has done. Sing to him, yes, sing his praises. Tell everyone about his wonderful deeds. And this is what gratitude will do. It'll make you so you can't shut up. You can't stay quiet. You can't stay on the sidelines. And if there, if you have a problem with uh, being ashamed of the gospel, if you have a problem speaking up about Christ, maybe it is that you don't realize or you haven't truly been touched by the hand of God. Because I'm telling you, when you understand what he set you free from, what he has done in your life, it will cause all of these things to come to pass, it will cause a spirit of gratitude. Psalm 106, verse 1, praise the Lord, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Who can list the glorious miracles of the Lord? Who can ever praise him enough? This is why in every service we uh, provide an opportunity for uh, testimony. We give a time. I'm grateful that Brother Chris stood up this morning and gave a testimony of God's miraculous healing power. That That is so wonderful. That is gratitude. It is a position of life. It is a way for us to proclaim his goodness, the glorious miracles. And there's not enough time. There is not enough years on the calendar. There's not enough months in the year to truly begin to praise him enough for what he has done. Uh, Psalm 107, verse 1, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Tell others he has redeemed you from your enemies. So, that should be the end of the sermon. (laughs) That should be enough. That should be enough for us to walk away from this message today and say, you know what, Lord, forgive me. 
because I've been uh, I've been ungrateful. Forgive me because, Lord, I, I haven't uh, I haven't properly uh, put you in the place of honor because of all of the wonderful things. Uh, but the truth is that there's far more to the story here, and I want to take a few moments to share with you why it is that this is more than just a commandment that we ought to obey, but that there are incredible reasons this morning for us to foster, for us to uh, to culture in ourselves a spirit of gratitude. And what better uh, opportunity do we have than right now at this moment as we are preparing to celebrate, I think, what could be the best Thanksgiving in a, in a long, long time this year when we've had so much reason to you know to be discouraged to to have setbacks and failures and problems and difficulty and pain and death of loved ones and sicknesses and illnesses what better time than in the midst of all of this that we could lift up our hands and thanksgiving uh, yes, those uh, those uh, pioneers, those pilgrims that came to Massachusetts in those early days and to Virginia. Yes, they were grateful for the Native Americans and for the local uh, indigenous people that helped them to learn uh, to uh, to culture and to uh, to have a fruitful crop. And so, yes, if you're in public school, you've learned that the reason that they had Thanksgiving was because they were grateful to the American Indians. But that's not the only people they were grateful to. They were grateful to God first and foremost that they had survived. And I believe this could be a thanksgiving like no other, that we can express our gratitude, yes, for the people in our lives who've helped us and shown us mercy and grace, but far more than that, that we can turn our attention to heaven, the God who has kept us, the God who has uh, has watched over us, the God that has, uh, even as bad as it has been, it could have been worse, right? And the God who has helped us in the midst of all of this. So let's look secondly at this truth that God, God hates ingratitude. I, I want to tell you this, and I, I hope I can be uh, honest with you this morning. I hope that you'll receive this. God is not a God of ingratitude. He does not respond to the spoiled brats who demand more and more out of life. Now, I know there are times that we need to stand up for what for our rights. There are times when we are being violated that we must demand justice. And that's not what I'm talking about today. There is loosed in our generation a spirit of ingratitude. It is a spirit of you owe me. It is a spirit of, uh, of making demands. And this is a mark, beloved, of the last days. Listen to what it says in 2 Timothy 3, verse 1. But know this, that in the last days, perilous or dangerous times will come. Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, and here it is, unthankful. This is a mark of the spirit of Antichrist in our last days, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, 
slanderers. This has been loosed in our generation. This spirit, this uh, spe- this is the spirit that you see when looters will break into a Target or a Walmart or a Five Below. I, I was curious to see that they did that not a couple, not, uh, what was it, a few weeks ago, that they broke into a Five Below. I'm thinking that if you're going to go looting, uh, you know, you, you better pick a store that has things that are worth more than $5. <laughs> but there they are. They broke into five below, and they emptied the whole store. Uh, Walmart, Target, uh, what is that? What is that spirit? And how does that help our generation? What it does, what it reveals is a spirit of you owe me. The society owes me. And so I'm just going to take what belongs to me. Uh, and, and, uh, doesn't matter, uh, you know, what it causes, what it produces. And, uh, I'm going to show my rage against some, uh, some injustice by, uh, by stealing what doesn't belong to me. That's wrong. And it reveals that there is a large population, uh, and this is not directed at uh, any color. Listen, there's people of every color and every background that are taking advantage of that opportunity and robbing and stealing. That's, that's wrong. That's, that's, that's not, uh, that, that does not please God. And the opposite is that it causes God to have great anger. The wrath of God will be revealed against those who are unthankful, who are without gratitude. This is what it says in Romans 1, verse 21. Speaking about people who um, who, who need to hear the gospel, and Paul is responding to the... Uh, he's responding to the idea that there are people who have not known the gospel, and therefore that maybe God would have mercy on them because uh, simply because they hadn't heard the gospel. Well, in Romans chapter 1, listen to what Paul says. It says, Although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful. What he's saying is that God has revealed himself to every human being. He has given us a conscience to know what's right and wrong. And the way that we suppress the conscience and we turn from God is through this attitude of ingratitude. They were unthankful. And so they became futile in their thoughts. Their foolish hearts were darkened. This, listen, this attitude, this spirit will be judged by God. And whether it is in the unbelieving world or whether it is the Christian hearing my voice today, the wrath of God will be revealed against the spirit of ingratitude. So you cannot let this fester and grow in your heart today. You cannot let it remain. Now, there there are times that we, as I mentioned, we must uh, not lay down and, and, and roll over when there is injustice. Listen, we also serve a God of justice. So yes, where there are where there are examples of injustice that have occurred, then yes, we need to stand up and demand. We must pray. We say, God, you know, th- there's a situation that is not right. You've got to help us to make it right. And w- and Christians ought to join together and fight together against injustice. But 
at the same time, we cannot let our injustice morph and transform into a spirit of ingratitude. At the end of the day and at the beginning of the day, we have got to count our blessings. We have got to remember what God has done for us. Can I remind you this morning, no matter where you are, no matter what situation you are in, you could be on your deathbed this morning with only hours left of life to live. I'm telling you, you have a reason to be grateful. So let's count our blessings. There is uh, this this famous um, uh, hymn that was written and I'd just like to, to remind you of the, uh, the lyrics of this hymn that is called Count Your Blessings. It says, when upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Are you ever burdened with a load of care? Does the cross seem heavy you are called to bear? Count your many blessings, every doubt will fly, and you will be singing as the days go by. When you think, or excuse me, when you look at others with their lands and their gold, think that Christ has promised you his wealth untold. Count your many blessings money cannot buy, your reward in heaven, nor your home on high. So amid the conflict, whether great or small, do not be discouraged. God is over all. Count your many blessings. Angels will attend. Help and comfort give you to your journeys. And I'm telling you this morning, you and I, we have reason to thank God. You are alive. You are not dead today, right? If you're watching this, <laughs> you are breathing. Can we thank God for that this morning? That your organs and your brain are working <laughs> to some degree. <laughs> that your, your blood vessels are pumping oxygen through your lungs into every nook and cranny of your body so that your body can continue to live. That, uh, that the synapses of your brain are firing. Huh, when was the last time you thanked God for that? When's the last time you thanked God? You know, there, there are people in our world today, there are soldiers, perhaps um, veterans of war that we're going to celebrate Veterans Day on, on, uh, on Wednesday. There are veterans who have lost limbs. There are veterans who have PTSD. And, you know, some of them that have lost hands and feet and legs and arms. And, um, and listen, if you have legs and arms and hands and feet... Can you can you remember what a blessing it is that you have working appendages? <laughs> can you remember at the end of the day that that you have reason? Look, if you have family in your life, you have children, you have a wife, you have uh people that care about you. You at you have a church that loves you. That's a reason to be grateful, right? You're not in prison today. You're not you're not uh, locked up today. You're not addicted to crack cocaine today. You are, uh, you have a relationship with God. That is reason enough to close your eyes, lift your hands and say, thank you, God. Thank you. 
These are all reasons that God commands us to live a life that in all things and indeed for all things, we can be grateful. Listen to Robert Emmons wrote this article, how the new science of gratitude can actually make you happier. He says, gratitude is a key to happiness, and I will argue this from a scientific angle. Happiness itself is a good thing. An implicit assumption that many of us hold is that happiness depends on what happens. But that is not true. We believe that a recent review of scientific literature on happiness reveals that happiness yields numerous rewards for the individual and precedes these outcomes. What he's saying here is that happiness is not dependent on what happens to you. Happiness is a result of your attitude. So in several studies, depression has been shown to be strongly and inversely related to gratitude. In other words, the more grateful a person is, the less depressed they are. The more depressed a person is, the less likely that they're going to go around feeling unthankful for life. Here's a list of the study's conclusions about subjects who were consciously grateful. They, were, they felt better about their lives as a whole. They were more optimistic. They were more energetic. They were more enthusiastic. They were more determined. They were more interested. They were more joyful. They felt stronger about handling challenges. They exercised more. They had fewer illnesses. They got more sleep. They made progress toward personal goals. They are more likely to have helped someone else in life. They were perceived by others as more generous and helpful. They were less envious of people who had more possessions. And they were less cluttered in their life. Does that sound like a list of things that, that you ought to be pursuing? How, then? What is the key to this happy lifestyle of people who got more sleep and were sick less and exercised more? All of them had this in common that they were consciously made a decision to live a life of gratitude. What about you this morning? Have you made that decision? Have you made up your mind that life is not about what happens to you? It's about how you handle it? Some studies have found additional benefits of living a life of gratitude, clearer thinking, more creativity, better resilience, higher immune response, less likelihood of being plagued by stress, a longer life, closer family, and greater faithfulness to God. But listen, those are all things that have been proved in scientific studies. But this is no surprise if you are a student of the Bible. Philippians 4, verse 6, listen carefully as we close. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Did you hear what that said? It said that when you have a spirit of gratitude, when you live a thankful life, you won't have anxiety, you won't have fear, you won't have stress, you will be anxious for nothing. And the following verse, Philippians 4 verse 7, says that the peace of God, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Do you have that kind of peace? That through the ups and downs of life, that through the difficulty and pain that we have been experiencing, do you have the peace of God which surpasses all understanding? How do you gain that, beloved? 
How do you attain it? It's through gratitude. It's when you take a moment and live a lifestyle that says, Lord, I am grateful. I am grateful. How do you do this? So what's the practical way to live a life of gratitude? Well, I believe that you should regularly practice giving thanks. Uh, maybe you've noticed that in nearly every message that I address the church of Jesus Christ, I begin with gratitude. I begin every message. You know, I'm so grateful for you people. <laughs> I'm grateful that anybody cares about anything that I have to say, including you there in the building, including you on live stream today, including my home, my family, my wife, my children. I'm just grateful that somebody cares that I have something to say, that God can speak through me, that we have a fellowship of believers. You know, you ought to find yourself with a with a habit of giving thanks. When's the last time, husband, you said thank you to your wife for the things that she's done for you? When's the last time you did that? Wife, when's the last time you thanked your husband for working so hard, for being a covering over your family? When's the last time? Children, when's the last time you thanked your parents that you have a bed to sleep in and a roof over your head? And, you know, uh, uh, when's the last time that you thanked your parents for food on the plate? <laughs> you know, that that's something we should be grateful for, right? Parents, when's the last time you thanked your children? You know, I'm so grateful that God put you in our lives. Yeah, challenges, difficulties, of course. Uh, sometimes our kids drive us crazy. Uh, but uh, aren't you grateful that you have uh, you have someone who's going to pass on your family line, that's going to carry forward the will of God into future generations? This is something to be grateful for. You know, when you see something good in your life, you should take the time and you should take the opportunity to thank God. This is how, you know, the Bible says that we can constantly be in prayer and supplication, that we can uh, uh, continually be in praise and in prayer to God. This is how it works. You know, you, uh, you get in your car and you drive someplace and guess what? You didn't die. Did you know that it's close to 40,000 people every year die because of car accidents? You know, you ought to thank God every time you get in the car and you get there safely. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> I didn't die as a result of my five-minute car ride. That is, that is, oh, that will change your attitude. And it, what happens is when you develop this habit of constantly being thankful for the good things that are in your life, it will rewire your brain. So instead of always seeing the things to, to complain about, man, you'll be grateful. One, one also, uh, one trick you can try is every time you find yourself complaining, because that happens, we complain about things. We're uh, Americans. This is one of the marks of Americans is we're really good at complaining. We could always tell when we were living overseas, we could identify uh, the Americans in any tour group because they'd be complaining about things. <laughs> Hate to say it, but it's true. But whenever you find yourself expressing a complaint, you should also look through and find the good thing in it. Uh, Ronald Reagan, he uh, he uh, was famous for using this line. He says, uh, you know, when when his uh, when they were uh, criticizing him and when they were uh, saying that you know all kinds of bad things about Ronald Reagan and and um, 
and he said that you know with all of this uh with all of this uh crap piling up everywhere there's got to be a pony in there somewhere <laughs> that that's got to be our attitude with god and, and truly with all of the with all of the manure that is been piling up in our lives the pony's got to be in here somewhere right in this year of 2020 there's got to be something good that comes as a result. And that is a position of faith, beloved. That is a position that we can take that that God is faithful, that he is still the God of Romans 8.28, that he is working all things together for the good for those who are called according to his purpose. That's why, beloved, we can glory even in tribulations, Romans 5, that we know that it's going to produce character and character which produces hope. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, verse 10 through 12, that we can rejoice in persecution. Why? Because we know that the kingdom of heaven belongs to us. We know that we have a reward in heaven. In James, it says we can rejoice in the testing of our faith, in trials, in persecution, that, you know, if if there comes to pass in our country uh, religious persecution, you know what? We can even give God thanks for that, because I believe what Dave said at the beginning is true, that we will experience revival. We will experience end times revival. But listen, revival does not come without difficulty, without pain and persecution. But, you know, in the midst of all this manure, the pony's got to be in there somewhere. And that's why we can express thanks in everything and for everything. Uh, William Hendrickson, he expressed the importance of having a spirit of gratitude. He said, when a person prays without giving thanks, he has clipped the wings of prayer so that it cannot rise. So, what about you this morning? As we bring this message to a close, are you a grateful person? Have you developed the habit of gratitude? Are you living in thanksgiving? Because I believe this is God's will for us. We need to stand up for righteousness. We need to stand up for truth. We need to work for a better world, for the kingdom of God. We need to, uh, you know, we, we, we don't just sit on our heels and, you know, thank God for every evil thing that happened. But what we do, we press, we do what we can do, beloved. We, we believe God. But in everything, I believe we can still be a people that give thanks. So let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. And I do appreciate your attention this morning. We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vvph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website, vvph.org, and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people.